0: I'd call it more of like Samurai goes to NASCAR.
1: Welcome to the Beat Around the Bench podcast. podcast about woodworking, good times, and general jackassery. With your hosts, Jess of Jess Pilden, Holden of Cold Crit, and Ross of RNC Woodworking and Designs. You can find us all on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. In this week's episode, we reflect on the year that's passed. Colton shows us how much he's grown. Jess tells us about how he's soft and woody inside. And Ross fantasizes about dragon's blood. All of that and more is coming right up on this episode of the Beat Around the Bench podcast. Now for episode 47, the Boondock Saints.
2: Boondock Saints. Isn't that like real, like, rough? I feel like I've seen that movie. Yes, the
1: way your mother uh, likes it, Trebek. A little violent. Boondock Saints is is an... Epic movie. If you've never seen it, it is actually one of William Willem Defoe's best roles he's ever done. He absolutely yeah. kills it as the lead detective. Uh, but the the actual movie is awesome and it has such a huge cult following. I, like I figured seen both of you guys it. would be like, Oh my god, I, I love that movie. What's the one where
2: they cut that guy's hair off with a straight with it. razor? Is that Reservoir? Oh, dude, that's Reservoir Dogs?
1: yeah, it's Reservoir Dogs. I
2: mm. Yeah, I always get those two mixed up.
1: Yeah, and they do that while he's playing the song uh Stuck in the Middle. Yeah. Yeah, great, great. So is this
0: our last one of this theme for our titles?
1: This is the last one of this theme for season one of the Beat Around the Bench podcast. Uh, This will actually drop while we are all at WorkbenchCon. Yeah. And from there, we will start season two. So obviously, I think we need to recap our favorite highlights, but it's more of a what have we learned in this year? So, I don't know if you guys want to start things out, but obviously, I've learned a few things, and whether it's through the Nuggets, or the Wood of the Week, or the Whiskey of the Week, or anything else, I've learned that, number one, this community is absolutely astounding. Yes, I'll second you on that. Uh, I, yeah. have been, I have been very, very impressed with uh, just the overall woodworking community. Um, number two, we are a larger podcast, or at least more relevant than I thought. Uh, I think we're putting out fantastic content and to be considered in the mix with some of the best woodworking podcasts out there. I think that's, that's something to say. And so year two is going to be nothing but fantasticness moving forward. So I'm excited on that.
2: I was listening to some other podcasts uh, today and just like a, like a money one. And then it was over and then like, you know, it'll automatically play. And so the, the most recent mm-hmm. one came on. And so me and my wife, like, you know, like we listened to it for a minute. We were right in the car and you came on and said something and we like laughed. And then you know, you went into your, oh, I asked you where you were about Rapid City. That's it was, yeah. Yeah. And I was, we were just like, he's really good at this. And I was like, I know he makes all of us look bad on there because he sounds like he's a radio announcer. <laughs> and I was like, you know, this is, I mean, like if it's, if something, if I do something and it stinks, I'm like, yeah. that's not good. Like I'd either like, yeah. I'll keep trying. And I if I just can't get it, I'm like, look, this just isn't for me, which doesn't happen too often. I'll just keep trying. But um, yeah. I feel like, you know, it's got a good flow. We don't just get on here and ramble the whole time about whatever we want to ramble about. It's not all about us. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's good. I I like the
0: education part, man. Like, um, yeah, like, yeah. Try to keep it fun and all, but like you're asking what we learned. Like there's so many like little parts to the, my daily operation that have changed just from talking to you guys and our guests. That, I mean, first thing that comes to mind I is the straws for glue in the joints. Yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> I, I, I use used that, it
0: the other day. I keep yeah. a straw in my apron for a majority of our operation. And just like small stuff like that. Like it, it It's hard to even Colton, did list you, everything that we've learned.
1: Did you happen to go back and listen to the episode that you missed while you were in Belize? Yeah. Did you hear the the vacuum suction Trick that I was telling Jess about pulling glue into a joint with a yes. vacuum. Yeah, I've so never
0: heard that. That and you, you'd mentioned that before too on another podcast, it, or yeah, another, yeah. And I, another episode, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm concerned. Do you not get any glue down in your yeah, vacuum hose? <laughs> I feel you like I mean,
1: you may get a little bit. I, I'd be worried about getting glue in my
0: impeller. And it, no, I didn't get so on the you,
1: tube. No, it's going to go onto the tube, okay. if anything, okay. but like. More than anything else, it, it, it you don't have to put it, like, directly underneath. You can put it a little bit off to the side, and it just pulls suction onto it and pulls it into the joint. And you don't leave it there the whole time. Just a second or two to pull it in, and then you're good.
0: Okay. So. That is interesting. Yeah. No, I, no so, I haven't tried it, but I do remember you saying that. And um there was something about diamonds in that episode, wasn't there? It, um... Which that it reminded me of a nugget uh, I've been saving it as
1: a reserve nugget for one week. But we 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 did discuss uh, diamonds uh, on the trivia. I believe it was mm. simply because I learned a lot about diamonds when I had to buy an engagement ring for my wife.
2: Oh yeah, something to do with that.
1: So, but I actually have a very important question, and this is for Colton. About a month <laughs> ago, maybe a little more. <laughs> We discussed uh, that by the time you would leave for WorkbenchCon, you would be done with all the boards. Mm-hmm. So, inquiring minds want to know. Yes. A lot of people have actually reached out to me and been like, Where's Uh-oh, Colton at? Trubs. Where's the count we need at? To have
2: that on like the whole Instagram. You're at Colton count. That's
1: right. So, Colton, can you give an update? Where are we at? Sure. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, before
0: I start making excuses and going to the story and all, um,
1: obviously you injured your hand, so that's going to slow you down. Yeah, let's, I mean,
0: there's a ton of excuses I can make. I'm not here to make excuses. No, no, we're not. We're not completely done. But what is
1: the count at? How many are How many are remaining? Okay, so after sets. tomorrow, we have
0: four sets. Like, so we're doing like a big batch this round, right? Yep. And we're doing a batch of four, and it's 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 not too unrealistic for them all four of those to get shipped out tomorrow, and that'll leave us with three just kind of hanging out, and um, yeah, so after these okay. four three, but and those three are not so a three huge...
1: sets, so six total boards. Yes. Excellent.
0: Yeah, and so yeah, we're shipping out. Oh, I guess ooh, about two hundred eighty. When you think of where of we started, tomorrow. so that's pretty exciting. Ooh, <laughs>
1: when, when you, you like think that. of where we started, like forty-seven weeks ago. Yeah, Colton, you were at like, oh my god, I'm so excited! I have like thirty-seven sets of boards I got to mm-hmm. do. I think I can get them all done in well, three I weeks. Did yeah. Another
0: round of sales after that too. It might affect. Oh, but, I know.
1: Which. Are any of these three remaining boards still from the OG yeah, they? order? They're
0: from the second round. Which is okay. still ridiculously late, but they are from the second round. So yeah.
1: Okay. Well that's yeah. something.
0: Yeah, which uh um, you know, I really wanted just to have a clean mind going into workbench con, which um, you know, and like this past week leading up where it looked like it wasn't gonna happen, um yeah, you know, I've come to terms with like these four. I, I I'm gonna feel good once we get these four out tomorrow. Okay. And, um yeah, and then hopefully another week and then we're on to like back working on sales, which that would be awesome. So are you
1: gonna go back to selling boards or do you want to do other stuff?
0: Oh, I'd love to do other stuff. Um
1: Gang, okay. so sell some yeah, other stuff. I, I was
0: like yeah, you know, similar um, uh, I guess message as it was before. I'd like to have the cornhole as a just a consistent baseline, like not one hundred percent of the time, and just given a really long or like given an extremely accurate with a lot of cushion lead time, right? So maybe two okay. sets per week. That's fair, right? And then
1: from there, well, that's that's also building in no other time for anything else. Yeah. Well, so if you do like one set per week. That gives you time to work on another project as exactly. well. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, maybe once that per week. That sounds good. That would be a lot more yeah. stress free. And then I'd be able to like, actually start making content again. And, yeah.
1: Let's do that. Uh, I love that plan. You B. B. Just, I love that for you. You can just oh make like, something
2: that you want to make and put it on your Shopify, you know, because yeah. when they go to your thing to shop, they're going to see that too.
0: Yeah. Know? I would like to give that a little mm-hmm. bit more love. And um, which, I mean, it's not bad setup right now. Yeah, you know, Shopify is really easy to work with. Um, it is and a real, real smooth <laughs> flow. But yeah, on another note, like, I wouldn't mind. I don't know. I, I'm already so ingrained with Shopify. It might be too late to like switch to Wix or like a, a cheaper platform to host. And but I don't know. I am starting to work with um, a buddy of mine. He's a 3D printer up in Dallas. Um, he's a high school buddy. But he reached out to me, and uh, we might be cutting some plastic, some uh, HDPE. And I reached out and was
1: sourcing some quarter-inch HDPE. Um, For those who don't know, maybe of our listeners, what is HDPE? uh, Is that like high-definition physical education?
0: (laughs) (laughs) High-density polyethylene. And it's basically plastic. All right. And, um, mm, he does amazing. a lot of really cool stuff for his, uh, for like Milwaukee packouts. And so, you know, packouts are a huge deal right now on, especially on TikTok. but people, what is yeah? A what is that? Packout. So a packout is, uh, um, oh, the Milwaukee, the, the, their storage
2: system, the red cases. Yeah.
0: So, uh, if you've ever seen a video of someone going like through their, their trailer or, um, anything, it, it's a lot of like construction construction, like, uh, people expensive. Yeah. Like, like a handyman. Yeah. Like they'll, uh, walk in together. uh, Yeah. Everything snaps together. Everything has cleats and
1: it's like a ghetto version of the cisterns from Festool.
0: Yeah. They're better. It's not even it. No. Yeah. It's, I think it's
1: a little better.
2: They're really expensive though. It's hundreds of dollars for like, one. Oh
0: yeah. And he, he's done well with his company. Um, he's got a handful of 3d printers and then also farms out some other, uh, like farms out his work to other guys with 3d printers and 3d printing's hot right now. People are getting into it. And I, I think now, so hot, right now. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> but uh, it it's, uh, I think he's in it at a great time, but uh, he's having some success, but he has this one part. I don't want to say what it is yet uh, until he has it officially out there. It's an but accessory. I, he, he needs a piece like CNC cut. And, um, me and him are starting to work together on that. Really excited to work with them. Uh, I think he's also just got a really good business mind. Right. And I'd like to absorb some of that through him. but yeah, really excited for it, man. Um,
1: so yeah, that might be on the side thing, but yeah. So let me ask this then of of both you gentlemen in the year that we have been doing this show and talking to each other, both on the podcast and off the podcast, as well as talking to other guests. How has your your either business process or your shop process changed?
2: Uh, I can go first. So okay. my original thought of what I wanted my shop to be, um, I was trying very hard for it to be that, right? And then, um, you know, I met with that business guy, JC. We had him on and a couple mm-hmm. other people and basically – they're like you got to do whatever you got to do when you're starting out cuz you think you're going in this path and you might go to a completely different path than you think right and Correct. so i'm like okay so people started to call and they're like can you do this and i'm like yep yep and hmm. like i'm fixing mirrors and i'm like changing glass and i'm uh i'm doing kitchens for God's sake! Have sakes, you
1: become like almost more like a overall handyman? I become
2: no, because it's all woodworking related. I've I've become like a carpenter slut. I just I'll do anything, <laughs> anything for money. Maybe like a carpenter hooker might be. There maybe, you go. Might be the good name for a. Well, maybe not. But anyway, the, <laughs> I I I'm a slut. And and I'll give you. A, can I give you a perfect example? And this will kind of get into you like might. what I've been working on. So. We uh, wanted to give back to the community some, um, and so we we reached out to Habitat for Humanity, and originally it didn't go well, but then we did that that office build, and she happens to know the regional manager of Habitat for Humanity in our area. So then we got his email and said, hey, we want to donate a table to Habitat for Humanity. We're going to make it. And they're like, okay. And then at first they were like, well, you can just make one and give it to the store. And we're like, we're not going to do that. We want to make it for someone like we'll meet with them and I'll make them a table Mm. to fit their house. It's, you know, cause tables are easy for us. Yeah. So I thought, and so uh, these, this young couple comes and they're real sweet and you know, they have to put a lot of sweat, sweat equity into it. And it's not like they get it free. They still have to pay for it and all that. It's just, they get a good rate and, so on and so forth
1: they basically just pay for materials kind no of
2: thing. they get a, a a they work with banks I think Habitat might even finance it themselves and they they have like they get a, a favorable interest rate and basically the sweat equity is their down payment kind of thing most oh, of nice. it and they have to work like four or five hundred hours on the house and so it's like, you know...
1: I'm not going to lie. I would love to be able to apply for that because I put in that amount of time anyway working <laughs> on my house. So yeah. I, how do I get And not know, to mention, actually, it's interesting
2: yeah. too because Habitat, you know, not everybody's there working not-for-profit. There's a lot of... There's construction managers and all, all of it's legit. And, um, yeah. you know, like... So anyway, so she they come in and we set up a meeting and they bring us this picture. And I, I probably talked to this on previous podcasts, First of all, she was all over the place, right? Pinterest girl. So like how women Mm -hmm. are with the Pinterest. And she's like, I like this and but like that. But she saw my furniture up front and she goes, this is like my style, like mid-century, you know, sleek. So she shows me some things and she shows them to me with chairs, with bent laminations and all this other stuff. I'm like, listen, I don't have – I could do that, but that is not – I just, unfortunately, it's not in our budget for me to take that much time to build forms and everything for one set of a uh, table and chairs. She still goes, well, what yeah. about a bench? I said, could you do a bench? And she's like, yeah, but she's like, but can you put it back on it? And I, you know, cause that just totally changed everything. I'm like, yeah. And so I, she's like, I like this chair and it was a mid-century design, something I had not really seen before, but I'm like, I can do that. And I was like, and I could turn that into a bench. And she's like, okay. She's like, well, can you make it all out of walnut? And I'm like, look, I don't have the walnut right now. Like (laughs) I said, I tell you what, walnut's softer anyway. Why don't you let me make it out of maple? And then we'll pick a stain color because I've got this Mm eight-quarter maple and six-quarter maple. This would be perfect. So long story short, I made the maple table, and it's like beastly. It's like an inch and three-quarters thick. It's got big radius corners, and it's got a big 45 beveled edge, right? And then I ordered legs from uh, uh, TableLegs.com and they had solid maple Mm -hmm. tabled legs with the built-in cleat all done. I said, just buy it. And it was perfect. Exactly what I wanted. So I got that raw too. I I could stain it. And then the bench started. And so I just drew, I looked at her picture and I figured out because she wants it to slide under because it's a smaller house. I drew mm-hmm. on a piece of cardboard the legs, like the side, the one leg, exactly yeah. how I wanted it to look, like exact mm-hmm. dimensions. And then I literally measured those pieces, cut them large, milled them all up, and then cut those pieces out of the cardboard with a razor knife and had my little templates. Okay. And then that got me going – where I screwed up is I changed the angle right at the last end, cause I wanted the seat to lean down a little bit more and that changed all the other angles. So,
1: but yeah, I did, can't I do that.
2: Yes, but I did get it all done and it's probably one of the prettiest things I've ever made. Um, and That's now awesome, I feel man. more comfortable, you know, maybe making some chairs. I don't know. I, I think I could do it. I used the domino with the biggest dominoes I could get my hands on and, okay. um, it was just hard because the one domino in the back leg was like in the middle of it and at an angle. And so I had to figure out exactly how to set the machine so it would be accurate because it had two dominoes, not just one. And um, mm-hmm. I figured it out. Uh, basically, I well just done. marked it out, found a center line, and then just clamped mm-hmm. a block of wood, 10 millimeters. And then, you know, you set the, you set your domino to 20. And that's 10 to the yeah. center. And then you flip it over. And anyway, it all worked out. And surprisingly, it all went together perfectly, like two perfectly. The feet sat on the floor perfectly. Everything was perfect. So that's
1: the awesome. hardest part
2: I had was with the stinking stain because maple and black stain, every little, everything showed up. And so like I would do mm-hmm. it and have to redo it. And then like I'd vacuum it off and I'd what kind of black it with black stain? The I it? bought the Minwax has a new one that to me it's new called true black
0: water-based
2: no oil-based oil-based Okay. and it is i think i should have used the water base and i hate water base but yeah. it would have covered a little better which but i feel was, like
0: water-based stain is basically paint it is like, paint. Uh, it is paint yeah like and i uh, should have
2: sprayed it with that stuff is what i should have like done. it doesn't
0: wipe off of uh the oh resin Like on that one board, I did black. Right. Um, I had to paint around it as if it was paint. Like I had to use. Well, we tried
2: to find a walnut color. Nothing looked really that great. I mixed some stuff. It still didn't look that great. Nothing looks like walnut like walnut does. And so
1: I think walnut. No, it doesn't.
2: It looks (laughs) green. Walnut looks green on maple. It's terrible. Um, Dark walnut.
1: No, no, I meant actual walnut. Looks like right. Walnut looks like
2: walnut. And so. But I had black and I just like, I bet they'll like this. And I showed it and she's like, that's really pretty. So in the future, if anybody's out there that makes a, black, a maple table and you're going to sand it black, prepare to spend an entire day sanding. An entire day mm-hmm. meticulously scraping and sanding and clean up your glue like you it's acid when it gets on anything because it's going to show up afterwards. But at the end of the day, it all turned out good. I cleared it today. It's all done. We're going to deliver it in the morning. And um, I'm pretty proud of it. It's really pretty. Nice. So,
1: Very nice. Yeah.
2: And then we got, uh, we're getting, ah. the phone's ringing off the hook. And a friend of mine finally came through who puts in kitchens, who's exceptionally good but hard to get. And he has two kitchens that he wants to get done. And they want custom colors on one of them, which I can do. Um, Very So nice. that would be good. And we started putting together cabinets for the new kitchen that's coming up. And my boss wants me to make a door for a thing, and then we've got like
1: some other things. Like you should flute it, flute the panel.
2: <laughs> I was thinking I was going to get this foam board that's like. Yeah, oh yeah, you
1: should just put it on fluted, top. It'd be great. And
2: I'm just going to glue <laughs> foam board panels to to the screen door.
1: You yeah, know? you're going to love yeah. it. Especially when and then you I'm going to have a blind person
2: paint it. Yes, it'll be it'll be <laughs> yeah. perfect. So yeah. uh yeah, I got a ton of stuff to do. There's something else too. Uh, well, my wife takes care of all that, but. There's a lot of stuff going on and um, I've gotten several people. How did
1: the second, how did the second uh, class go for you?
2: So <laughs> it was people from the first class. It was actually our website oh. designer and then his neighbor came and they knew a little bit about woodworking, but it was nice to have a smaller class. And so what we've decided is we did the shuffle thing. I don't know if, cause I was like, how am I going to glue up a cutting board in one class in like five or six hours, like a can. Right. Yeah. So what we, the, this designer girl actually had the idea. She's like, so glue up one set, right? Like five or six Mm -hmm. or three or however many people are going to be in your class
0: Uh, and have them ready. Do it like a cooking show.
2: Yeah, exactly. And then they glue up a set when they're there and then you give them the ones you're done. And now you've, they've glued up a set for the next class and you just keep doing that. And I said, that is genius. And so, um, that's what we did. They didn't care. They said, that's great. And, um, they had a little trouble with the juice groove. I have a jig, but, uh, I knew they were going to mess it up. So we started really shallow, you know, holding that router like, and not Mm -hmm. bearing off my jig. So, um, but we did get that done. And, um, and then I burned. I even had time to Sometimes, burn images in them. Yeah. I burned a monogram in oh, one and a fish in the other. And they were so happy Ooh. they went out and bought walrus oil and a sander. So they because they didn't have time to water pop it. So they're going to do that at their house. And yeah, it went well. You know, oh,
0: awesome man. That's yeah.
2: awesome. I got good reviews on Google for it. So that that's kind of important right now to us. That's a so, good.
0: That's cool. a cool way to do it because we had talked about. Um, I mean, someone local here in Houston. Uh, talked about doing a class with like resin, right? Doing some sort of like resin involved like charcuterie board or something, and uh, I just couldn't make it sense without them having to come two days, right? Right. The resin curing, which I don't know. I do see that going negatively because like when you do resin, right, especially when you do the swirls, like you put your own little little your own little stank on it, right, and.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. They,
0: they probably want to have their own board that they like stirred the resin on instead of like a pre-made one.
1: But no. Well, can I say, can you, I, you'd almost have to do it like a pottery class where people make everything and then you, they kill it and then you come back to pick it up.
0: Oh,
2: Well, what it? I would, what I would say is the things that I learned about the class from hearing from other people was like, I thought that that's what they were going to think, Colton. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, generally until you're a very large like woodworking school people just want to leave with a board that's what they want to leave with they want to leave with a board and so they but they also don't want to give up two whole days especially near a weekend they don't want to be there for eight hours like they just don't want to do that and so they were like why don't you cut it down to six hours and so that's what we're going to try nobody's booked anything so I don't know, man. I don't know if it's going to be something that the shop's going to do. I, I have it set up so nice, and people really enjoy it, but nobody wants to pay for it. So I, I think it's kind of like I'm telling a-
1: you you gotta you gotta hit up some of the retiree communities. And I know that sounds no, dumb, it's not. but there are there are so many retired gentlemen who would love to be able to do like a weekly, like come in and do a weekly woodworking class where they get to make whatever the hell they're making, but they don't want to own an entire shop. They just want to be able to come in and build it and over time build something that they can give to their grandkids or oh, whatever. We've yeah.
2: offered it. Like I even offered a free classes to the VA and they wouldn't, nobody would call nah,
1: us back. So that's, that's not the place to advertise. Advertise to some of the HOAs where there are uh, 55 and up living communities around you it, just put it in their newsletter. You know, if there are four or five of them around so you, or like
2: the board, they have up Paid, at the mailbox.
1: yeah, just just tell them, hey, we're doing this, we're doing this thing. We would love, you know, come and make a, uh, whether it's a dollhouse or something for your grandkids, and they'd be like, oh my god, I would love to do that.
2: Interesting. Yeah, it's all about getting eyes on it, isn't it? Just getting the right eyes on it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I will mention that. Same thing with like our woodworking and the cabinets. We got to get to realtors. We have to get to you know people that are
1: interior yeah, designers and realtors,
2: yeah. and you can't just send an email. Interior
1: designers are the better no. So I will tell you, um, I had actually gone on to, I forget what it was. I will find it for you. But basically, there was a, a a resource guide for people who had just moved to the area, and it was like, here are some of the top home builders. Here are some of the top. Uh, real estate agents, and even if you just go through, like the the local real estate books, or if there's a magazine for your area, like Greater Tampa Bay or yeah. something, most of the time it has realtors in there or interior designers. If you just go through those magazines and find the contact email for each one, and do like a have your wife put out like a monthly or biweekly blast of like, hey, here's the latest project we did. If you guys have any interest, let us know happy to work on it. And the amount of business I got off of doing that, I got so swamped that I was booked out for six months and I was so stressed because it's just me and it's, it was a side or it is a side gig. And I just couldn't meet the demands that everybody had, but I had more work than I knew what to do with. It's interesting. It's
2: not how I ended up making a door. It's not like, Hey, I'm Ross and I'm a woodworker. Let me know if you need anything. It's like, here, here's what I just did. These are some of the things yes. we've done. So give them like a little. Impression. I had literally
1: like the first email was, um, I basically put together like a five or six page PowerPoint deck that I put into PDF form and just attached it to the email. Said here's an example of some of our work. We specialize in these kind of things. We'd love to work with you if you have an opportunity. Let us know. And out of the 20 people that I emailed, and I had a full list of like who I emailed and what date and the follow up. Um, I probably average 25% reaching out to me saying we love at least having you in reserve. If not, people reaching out and being like, this is amazing. How do I start working with you? We emailed
2: well over a hundred contractors, designers, interior designers and stuff. But mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I don't whatever reason one person responded and that's actually the decorator I keep telling you about. Touché. Yeah. So I think uh, I don't, we have to set aside time because we've been getting ready for workbench con or and some other things yeah. uh for me and Ashley to actually set up a meeting, you know, like and go meet with an interior designer. And I'm sure they'd be happy to do it um, and mm-hmm. just have some stuff to give them and all that. But yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. I like the I you know, it's funny because I started doing this because I found um that store that I worked for in an antique mall catalog. And I thought I was going to do antique furniture restoration or whatever. And it turned into like full-time. Oh, you can do woodwork. Can you do this? Can you do that? Can you make me one of these? And then the next thing you know, it's like a whole custom business. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I I agree with you on those catalog things. I'll I'll have to look into that. I like that.
1: Yeah.
0: We'll talk offline, but, yeah hey ross so what was your initial question it was um how's our business
1: changed how has your how, yeah how has your way of working or your business changed in the last year since WorkbenchCon? since we met and we've been working with each other and talking both on here and offline So,
0: i, I got four things for how Colt crit has evolved in the last year uh okay. so i guess first off is batching and i already you know i already was trying to bash for but put a lot more emphasis on it and it at least for our smaller stuff like the cup holders and legs and even frames, it's gotten a lot better um, as far as the batching. Two is the uh, communication. So, trying to be not trying to, but being ex- extremely upfront, which, um, you know, it's really easy to be upfront when you have good news to offer, right? I'm mm-hmm. not good at having bad news, especially when it's my fault. And uh, gotten yep. better at that. Still a lot more work. Hopefully, uh, but yeah, by next, next season, we'll, uh, be clear on that. Then I, what I've, a lot of what I've learned is like understanding why we do different processes, right? Like mm-hmm. even just with like the polyurethane, right? Like, you know, in this last year we've learned that polyurethane is a mechanical bond, right? And like sanding in between and like all that stuff, understanding why on things. And then a ton of small processes. Right. Like the straw thing with the glue and, uh, I, you know, got a lot of magnets around the shop too. That was Jess's nugget one time, but yeah, but just a bunch of little small nuggets, man. And then like the small things add up like time savers mm-hmm. add up and yeah.
1: A minute or two saved here and there throughout the day can equal almost an hour by the time exactly. you're done. You
0: know, one thing I really want to get, that I think is gonna be a big time saver, but unfortunately it has like a decent price tag on it. It is one of those surf prep sanders with like the big foam pad. Yep. And mm-hmm. so I wonder how well that would work for like a corner, right? For like an edge. So in a lot of our processes, we do an eighth-inch roundover on thing, you know, just like a little router, yeah. round eighth-inch roundover. And then I come back with a 220 just sandpaper and hold it in my hand and go over that edge, right, and just smooth it out.
1: And why don't you go over it with the Rotex?
0: Oh, uh, Rotex, it would create a, an angle, right?
1: So you slowly rotate it. Yeah, like you come back and forth and slowly rotate it, and then I got you. Well, done. first
0: off, the Rotex is really heavy. Right. And so you're basically have oh, an angle boy. grinder.
1: Sounds like you need to and, uh, work out.
0: Some <laughs> no, dude, my I have some strong forearms, like whatever. I'm not going to be humble about like that. it. Um, but I mean, the sandpaper <laughs> in the hand works great. Right. And like, it does. Can, but it's it's not exactly efficient. Right. And I also know that this the sponge on those would be helpful for a lot of other stuff as well, especially yes. like like
1: carves. And let me ask you this real quick. Instead of doing the round over, what if you did an eighth inch champer and then you could use a sander or the Rotex to come through straight across and keep that angle and then you don't need to worry about having that rounded edge.
0: It's not a terrible idea, which I, I think that wouldn't be the look we're going for as far as like the plywood edges um, on these boards, but for which I, I've done a 45 here and there. Usually, like on like an underbevel for like a like a charcuterie board, but but yeah, the um, what's the hand is not bad. It's it's it, it can just be time consuming, but okay, yeah. Uh, yeah this side note, the surf prep thing. You know what? Well, surf prep is probably going to be here. at Workmanage con.
1: They are going to be workbench con. con. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's where sawdust talk got. Uh, Going with their deal with Surf Prep was um, after Workbench Con, and meeting with them, which well, I gotta say, Braden good news. is excellent networking with companies. Like it, it, it's been cool getting to talk to him, about, like Braden with Little Bug, and um, yeah, yeah, he he's got a touch for it, man. But
2: cool. I I've watched surf, the Surf Prep. They actually have it in one of the paint stores I buy my paint from, and and I'm like, and I watch the videos on it, and I'm like standing in these cabinet doors and I'm trying to get into the little corners like on the stupid shaker thing. And I'm like that if I had a surf prep right now, my life would be so much easier. Plus a random orbit leaves swirl marks in it. A lot of times, you know, you'll get like a little clump of paint. Twirly. that surf yeah. prep doesn't do that. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a vibration thing. Plus it has uh dust extraction. So I don't know. Maybe I'll be in the budget at some point.
1: So does the schmirka. My
2: schmirkas have excellent dust extraction, I will say.
1: Let's talk about that and how that's changed your life in the past so, year, So
2: what I notice more about that is because I've gotten to use it a lot more, right? And mm-hmm. and then I've gotten to stain it, which is really a good shower of like what it really sanded and what it didn't. Like Because your touch yeah. can be deceiving, right? Your touch yep. can be very deceiving. Oh man, this feels smooth. And then then you stain it and there's like swell marks. The smirkas and the smurka, if you if you push hard on it, like you're really trying to get out like you 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 got a bad spot or whatever, it doesn't slow mm-hmm. down. It stays the same speed. Like the DeWalt, if you push down you know, you watch that disc, it's going really slow because it's the, it, it doesn't.
1: It's fighting your right, pressure. Right,
2: it's fighting the pressure. And, and those, pressure those continue to keep up. Um, they're very, they're a lot better balanced and a lot smoother. Just everything mm. about it is is just better. Like, I didn't think that I would be able to sand a three-quarter edge with those six-inch sanders. And I feel very comfortable mm-hmm. doing it. I can hold it very flat. Um, and then the fact that there's no dust means the sandpaper lasts like a million times longer. So, uh, it's also great when I don't want to have to blow it out and all that other stuff. So I still grab the little sander once in a while for some small things, but, um,
1: do you notice when you grab the non dust extraction sander, the level of dust that (laughs) comes into the shop? Yeah. Yes. Whenever I have
0: someone working with me, I'll pull out my old and we both want to be sanding. I'll pull out my old little five inch orbital sander and, um, yeah, there, there's way more dust everywhere. Yeah. It's all, it's all over the place. (laughs) It's all
2: over the place. It's all over the sander. It's all stuck in your paper. It gets in between the Velcro and the, and the sanding pad. Like it's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, so so there is something I started doing sanding wise that I think has helped a lot. And so before I would just hook my, uh, my dust collector straight into my sander. Right. And, um, yep. recently I've switched and I use a shop vac through like a little, uh, cyclone and then to my, uh, sander. And I feel like the, the shop vac has a lot higher CFM, like, uh, especially on the nitty gritty, like the two inch hose. Right. And yeah, like I'm getting a lot better suction than I was with my dust collector and, um, cool. Yeah. I feel yeah, like it's, it's helped different. a lot. Yeah.
2: It's like it's constant vacuum pressure as opposed to air moving. I don't know if that makes any sense. There's a guy that's got this thing where he tests because some of the dust collectors aren't dust collectors. They call them dust extractors. And it's like a vacuum like canister. Like it looks like a five gallon drum with like three vacuums on top. And he was showing Hmm. that it maintains stronger suction in smaller hoses and stuff. And dust extractors are more and dust collectors are more for like larger hoses. And it's just a lot of airflow movement as opposed to static pressure. Hmm. Uh, anyway.
1: Interessante. Yeah, it's
2: pretty interesting.
0: Hmm. Nice. All right. Ross, how about you, man? How's, uh, how's RNC evolved?
2: Nothing. We're just learning from him. Uh...
0: <laughs>
1: that's true. I mean, nothing has changed at all. I will say this. It uh... is nice
2: to do something that's difficult and have somebody to call. And be like, yo, I like, tell me I'm doing this wrong or what is your, like, and then like, you might give me an idea and it might not be exactly what I'll do, but then I'm like, oh, and then like, I don't know. It's just somebody to bounce ideas off. And then sometimes you've told me like, why don't you just do this? And I'm like, why didn't I freaking think of that? And then I do it and my life is so much better. So.
1: Well, like using your shaper again. Yeah. Like. You were going to get rid of that machine.
2: That thing. Yeah. Yeah. That shaper is, that shaper is is just i think it's what i found too is that a lot of that stuff you just got to use it and get used to setting it up and get used to like this every machine's got like a little something that's annoying to you right like how to set it up or keep it straight or make it square or whatever and making jigs for your machines and taking all the time to do all Mm -hmm. that but anyway
1: once you do it yeah i didn't mean
2: to cut you off what so what is it
1: no you're good So actually I was, that was going to be one of the things, first and foremost, being able to bounce things off of you guys, both on here and offline, uh, to talk through the pain points and showcase the good times has been awesome. It's, uh, it's, it's also, I found myself reaching out to some of the experts, if you will, quote unquote, uh, on the people that I met at WorkbenchCon last year. So, for instance, on the table that I'm making right now, this Elm Slab table, some of the issues I was having with finishing. I've had multiple conversations with Lucas at Lighthouse Boston, who literally makes tables all day, every day. Uh, I've been able to touch base with Cam at Blacktail Studios about some some of the Nano 3 stuff. And just being able to reach out to people and be like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. What would you do? That part has been awesome. Um, as far as how things have changed business wise, at this point last year, I was actually thinking through, I was very much a woodworking slut as well. I was taking every job, didn't matter how big, how small, I was going to figure out a way to make it happen. And I found myself so stressed out at some spots doing things that I absolutely hate. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, the. The monetary gain is not worth the extra headache and stress and time away from the family. So on that part, I have definitely moved away from just saying yes to everything. Uh, I have also been able to be more selective with customers because my quality has gotten much better because I'm not just trying to rush through projects. Uh, I'm taking the time to do them right and trying to live up to... The phrase on the back of my shirt, do it right, whatever it takes. And uh, that part has has definitely helped the overall reputation of my my builds. Uh, I'm not getting as many customers, but those that are coming to me have mostly been word of mouth, asking for specific things. And, and uh, it's been awesome yeah. in that regard. So I'm excited that there are more projects that I'm making that are ones that I want to make but the business side of me is like, you don't have any money coming in because this is stuff that's for you or for your house. And that part kills me. But I I have found when I make the projects that I want, with the exception of one that I made two and a half, three years ago. Now I made a four post queen size bed out of curly maple that is just, it's like tiger curly or tiger quilted maple. It is incredible. And, um, I can't even sell it at a discount on Facebook marketplace like things not moving. And I think more than anything else, I just don't have the right pictures. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's a different story. But overall when I build stuff, I've noticed I put pictures out there and people are like, Hey, can I get one of those? But can I get it in this color or that? So that part's been awesome. Yeah. Well, I, cool. I
0: feel like it's um, there's a time and place to say yes to everything. Right. Like, especially yes. whenever you're early on, in your woodworking career, like that's saying yes to everything with, I mean, with limits, but saying yes to everything is how yes. you learn new stuff. Right. And like, yep. um, you know, like, yeah, I just, I know I could do this thing. Like for me, like dovetail, I've never done like a actual dovetail for a customer, like a paying job. Like I've done some just experiments in my garage, but, but um, but yeah, just getting ready for whenever someone does ask for something dovetail, which, I don't know. Sorry, different tangent, but,
1: but yeah, I feel like nope. time and place. And then mm-hmm. like,
0: once you start finding your niche and like what you do good at and what starts to get out, then you start to go to where you are now, where you're, uh, yeah. Really thinking out what Taking the projects take, I want.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. And that's, been well, fun, I tell you so.
2: one thing that, especially if it's a business, like all, all three of us, it has like a name and a corporation or whatever, what, however you're doing it. Um, you have to be on Google. And if you're going to be on Google, yep.
1: you're going to get. You've requests. got to
2: get no. Well, well, yeah, that's true. But but what I guess what I'm getting at is by doing like so. For instance, this other day I had this lady come, and she, she calls and she goes, "I need a window And I'm like, "I'm not a trim carpenter." I'm like, "Sure." As it turns out, she just wanted a board, a board, fifty-seven oh. inches long, but it was an inch and seven eighths high and four okay. and a half inches deep, something like that. So I had a piece of eight quarter poplar and, and she's like, can you paint it too? And I said, sure. She said, how much? And I'm like, I don't know, like 80 bucks. And she's like, okay. And I was like, you should come get it tomorrow. So we just pulled it down. I cut it, milled it painted it. Right. Yeah. I got a five-star review out of that. And those five-star reviews is what Google uses to serve you up to people that are searching for something in relation to what you have yourself on Google. You have no reviews or you have two, um, they're more likely to serve somebody with 30, right? Because Google wants you to know that you are who you say you are. And so um, if anything, it's worth a review to do some little stuff or stuff that you don't normally want to do just to get really – you know, say, listen, this isn't something I normally do, but hey, if you'll give me a five-star review after this, if you're satisfied, uh, let's do it. You know, let's take it care of it for you. Um. And they do it. They do it because you've already Ooh. given them like, this isn't, this isn't important to me. Like, this isn't what I normally do, but we'll do it for you because, you know, we're, we're good with customers and we need reviews. And I had a guy, he just needed me to mill down a piece of flooring. Because, so I just, he brought it, I was like, bring it over. So he was right down the street, we flipped it over, I ran it through the planer, and he tried to give me 50 bucks, and I was like, listen, it's fine. It took two seconds. I was like, just give us a five-star review on Google, and he immediately did. And so now we got like 20. That's awesome. Yeah, over 20. So
1: I was actually just looking at my reviews on Google, and I don't have any. There you go. I have a bunch of interactions, but I don't have So uh, if you go to your...
2: If you go to your Google business page, it'll, it down, like it says, like you can change things or whatever. And the last one says, ask for a review and you open that and you hit copy, put that in your notes. And anytime you get something Uh. done, you send somebody that and it brings them like the real nice thing and it logs them into their Google and all that stuff.
0: There's two things I took from that, Jess, that are really good ideas. First off, you're asking for reviews. You got to ask for it, Right. But second, yep. you're not getting reviews just for other customers or other potential customers to see. You're getting them for Google to see. And so that yes. Google will serve you up better, not just customers seeing reviews, which both of them need the reviews. Right.
2: That. that that's a good point. Because if they live near that's you, awesome. that's the first thing it's gonna do, right? You they live anywhere near your area, which is great for you either way, because then it's less travel mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. And they search anything that has to do with what you've put out there for Google to say, Hey, this is what I do. And then people start using keywords. Oh, they built me this. They did this in their reviews. And then you respond to it, by the way, you have to respond to it. And you're also supposed to change okay. something on your Google at least once a week, add a picture, say something, change mm. something, change your hours, anything. If you leave it on there stagnant, then Google thinks you're stagnant and doesn't do it. And oh. we've been doing that and it seems to be working because everybody says they found this nice. on Google. Oh, so. Cool. Yeah. So anyway, there's your there's my early nugget. Yeah,
0: there you
1: go. I like it. So, uh I think it's time now that we we do a little bit of education in a way of seeing what we know. That's
2: right.
1: Jess, are are you able to do you want to do some trivia? Uh, do you want to do some what, word of the week? You, you know thinking? what? This
2: week we're going to start with the word of the week and you'll see why. All right. Yeah. Wow. 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 Oh, wow. Wow! Wood of the week. <laughs> okay, this week's wood of the week may or may not be one of the trivia questions later, so pay attention. Uh, it is. It is spelled O K O U M E, right? Which is pronounced Okume. 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 Okay. Right. And so, long of the short, Okume looks so much like mahogany. It's hard for people that know wood. To know that it's not mahogany, right? Like an but African
0: ma- mahogany, like dark, uh, deep? Uh,
2: yes, because it comes from West and Central Africa. It's a light red to red brown exotic mahogany. wood. But interestingly, it is super soft. It's only 500 um, on the Janka hardness, right? Hmm. But what it does have, which is interesting, is it has uh, resistance to water. And so they use it on high end boats and it's become the what you would call like the the not the main thing I'll think of the word in a minute but the industry standard for marine pri- plywood veneer on high end boats huh. it's also more it's it's because it's so soft it's great for bending around boats and like the bow and so on and so forth. So uh, they actually do make um, a lot of other things from it. You'd be surprised. They use it mostly as veneering and paneling. They make cigar box tops with it. They make guitars okay. out of it. Um, and then they also use it in uh, aircraft. That the, the uh, It's called a Jodell range of aircraft, manufactured of the Jodell range of aircraft, which they, is made in Europe. But because of the one's open grain and flexibility and it's super light, uh, it's really good for making this aircraft. And it's also really great for uh, guitars. But since it's super soft, it's always coated in like fiberglass or epoxy hmm. or something along those ends. Um, but it is really quite beautiful. Very easy to work with. Easy to glue up. Water resistant. And um, you can buy it. You can buy it from Woodcraft found it on woodcraft and like a pack of stuff but yeah marine marine plywood so okume
1: so jess were you ever able based upon last week's discussion to figure out Mm. what the name of that insane insanely red wood that they were they use in china to carve out the intricate it's just as far as i
2: can tell it's it's some type of rosewood some sort of, t- of their rosewood. Huh. I, I, I can't tell, like, I know what, like I saw that TikTok or whatever, where that guy, it's, it took him years to do it and there's like horses running down it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's some type of giant rosewood tree. What oh. I did find, okay. which we won't do as a wood of the week because it's not really a wood. I was thinking about using it um, after I was doing a little research for you. Cause I was like looking at bloodwood. There is a tree yeah. that it, the tree doesn't even look real, right? It looks like something out of like Disney, but it's called like, dragons. Or who or whatever? No, <laughs> like say the tree, like like uh, like Stupid something tree. out of um, not the the Bilboa tree or whatever that the Tree of Life, not the one from uh, Lion King, not Lion that King. one.
1: <laughs> no, the, uh,
2: it's called the Dragon's Blood Tree. Oh, that's not that. bloodwood, dragon's bloodwood tree. And basically it comes from folklore that these trees grow wherever a dragon has died and that's where these this tree grows from.
1: No ju- no, just 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 please. If you're going to say it, say it right. This here <laughs> is the dragon blood tree and the legend has it anywhere that the dragon's blood has shed this tree grows magically. So
2: the reason that I didn't make it a wood of the week, it's a bonus today on our on our last one of the of the season or whatever you want to call it. Season, because
1: it's magical.
2: <laughs> well, it's because you don't nobody uses the wood and it's endangered. Mm. But what people do use and you can buy is dragon's blood wood. There's candles and sage and incense and all these different things. And the reason that it's called dragon's blood is freaky. When they cut that tree, the wood's not red, but the resin that's from the sap is blood red, and it looks like the thing is Whoa. freaking bleeding. Mm. And the red Whoa. resin is used for medicine. They use it as a dye to dye medicine. fabrics. Yeah, uh, the and they use it as incense and like all these different things. So if anybody huh. wants to type in a dragon's blood wood tree, and so basically it has no leaves at the bottom. And then it's like straight out like a mushroom. Whoa. It looks like a mushroom and, and, a, and it's a fur. It's a type of a, uh, of a fur, but anyway, it's really quite beautiful. Um, but there's no wood, like nobody makes any furniture out of, out of that wood. Cause it's endangered.
1: What part of the world does it hail uh, from?
2: Uh, also, you know what?
1: I guess the question is where have the dragons lived?
2: i will look it up i'm not exactly sure i don't remember that part but okay. um if you want to look it up they show these guys with the trees falling over and it looks like the trees bleeding and dripping like red thick
0: that is that's is metal that's, that's crazy metal, bro metal!
2: Yemen. dragon's blood tree, Yemen. located oh, in the arabian sweet. sea dracania cinnabari yeah so it is if you type it in it's one of the most beautiful trees like I want to get a tattoo of it but it looks like a mushroom out of Mario I mean it's crazy looking
1: It's a me The it's dragon Sucotra blood tree. Dragon tree, ah.
2: yeah. It's really beautiful. Anyway, but nobody I've never seen a piece of furniture on here. I can't see where you can buy it. None of that stuff, but you can buy the smell, you can buy like the resin that's been hardened uh, they make sage things huh. for doing they wrap the sage with other herbs and you like burn it and like put away evil spirits and huh. all this cool stuff. Yeah. Okay. I think you can get beads. That's the only thing I found. Wood beads. Dragon's wood beads. But I think okay. it's actually made from the resin, not the wood. All right. Anyway, that's two woods of the week this week. You,
1: you can actually buy ten dragons' blood seeds. Yes, you
2: can buy the seeds. For the yeah, tree. yeah. I wonder if they
1: it's only in nine bucks. I wonder if they grow more.
2: in the US.
1: I don't know. It actually uh the it strangely enough looks like the tree that was in that movie uh about the smoke jumpers in Arizona that all died. Um Jennifer Connolly's in it, and uh the guy who was in the new top gun. Goose's son. Either way, it'll come to me in a moment. But there was a, a famous tree they were trying to save. A bonsai tree. In Arizona. No? Uh, no, it looked like this tree, the uh, okay. dragon's yeah, blood tree.
2: It says that the dragon's tree is still found on five of the seven Canary Islands. Um, the 96 in North Africa and Morocco's Alias Mountains, where thousands reportedly grow along steep rocky cliffs. But they say there's only a few hundred in the whole world left.
1: So, oh, okay. but anyway, well, there you go. Well, Jess, do you have any trivia? I do. All right. I do. Okay. Let's get to it. Better get on out that knowledge because it's trivia time. Okay. So,
2: since I found such a beautiful wood that was so soft, I thought, why don't we do a. Because they're kind of like us, you know? We're kind of woody, but we're a little soft, you know?
1: Uh, Speak for yourself <laughs> here, buddy. What? Uh, <laughs> Like Will Chamberlain over here. This is
2: 10 questions about wood. And all of these woods have a Janka hardness of 950 pounds or less. Okay? So, soft and beautiful. All right? And each one comes with a bonus question.
1: Like a lady. Each one
2: comes with a bonus question. Uh, You get an extra million points if you can tell me within 10 what the Janka hardness is. All right? Except for the first.
1: So, just, just out of curiosity. If they're all under nine sixty, you say nine fifty. What is the lowest?
2: The lowest is really low,
1: like four no. or like they're all triple digits. Okay. How
2: about that? Okay, okay. that's enough. all I
1: needed to know. I just didn't want to be like, yeah. It's I mean, we've 30, talked about a lot so, of like... these.
2: We've talked about a lot of these here. Now this okay. thing's gotten split up on me, so you have to bear with me. All right, here we go. First. Let's start Let's with start Colton with yeah, sure. this week. Right and on. I, know that, I know that he's going to get this. Are you ready, Colton?
0: All right, no pressure.
2: Let's get it done. Which wood is known for its use in high-quality, lightweight boat building? Is it pine, akume, or maple?
0: Oh, akume. Akume, that is
2: correct. Oh. And for the bonus question, what is the board feet, uh, the Janka uh, pound feet? Jake oh, Hardness.
0: 800?
2: That is incorrect.
0: Well you said 500, right?
2: You lose a million. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Oh, uh, essentially lightweight and good strength characteristics. All right, here we go. What, Question what, what, number two. What's the think on it? Uh, 500. It was 500?
0: It was 500. Oh. Yeah.
2: All right, question number two for (laughs) Ross. What wood is traditionally used in the making of Japanese hand planes due to its fine grain and workability? Is it uh, cedar, palonia, or birch? Cedar. That is incorrect.
1: The
2: correct answer is palowinia. Pa- paulonia and what do you think the the janka hardness is on that
1: 760 that is
2: incorrect it is only 300
1: very interesting mm. for them to make a, a plane out
2: of that we had right,
1: come up on
0: something else a few weeks ago yep. i made a. it's a it's a about, uh,
2: it has very straight cocktail. grain i think that's why they use it so um mm. all right question number 3 Colton which wood is often utilized for the soundboards of musical instruments including pianos and guitars is it well, a Well really they spru- use a
0: lot of MDF right but sorry keep going that's not really not my
2: not my kind of, all right okay uh is it a spruce b oak or c walnut we'll
0: go with spruce
2: that is correct <laughs>
0: I'm going to go and
2: 600 And what is Janka, 600. 600 uh, no, it is 510. Okay. And specifically, it is Sitka spruce. Sitka spruce is also used to build the wooden parts of some airplanes.
1: Oh, huh. it comes from Sitka, Alaska, oh, really? Oh, man. Yeah,
2: it does. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, question number four. What wood, Ross, is renowned for its deep, rich colors and is often used in veneer form for decorative finishes? Is it A, ash, B, mahogany, or C, elm?
1: The answer is B, mahogany. That is
2: correct. Specifically Honduran mahogany, what do you think the Janka hardness is?
1: 790.
2: Very good. Very close. That that counts. 800. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, within 10 points. All right.
2: Uh, It does vary depending on its uh, species, but Honduran mahogany... Uh, Traditionally, is around 800 pounds. Okay. Uh, Question number five. Five. Uh, Colton, which wood species is celebrated for its natural resistance to moisture and decay often used in outdoor furniture? Is it A, cedar, B, birch, or C, poplar? And that is specifically western red cedar, just in case you were wondering.
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go cedar.
1: That is correct. It is secret. thought you were going to say Teak, because that's also fairly soft. Is it?
2: What is it, though?
1: Yeah. It's got to be more than 900. No, really? not really. You have
2: to look that up.
1: Teak it's is very like similar 1, to Walnut as far as the oh, strength. I always thought it was I will look that up right now. I, I never
2: used it. Yes,
0: do that. I, um, I'm going to go with 500.
2: Uh, it is...
1: Janka is between a thousand and eleven fifty five. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, is, it is softer. Yeah, right. yeah. For so
2: the cedar is uh, three fifty. Western red cedar is three fifty. Oh
1: man, it's very All soft. All right.
2: Um, next, <laughs> like a <lady>. next question <laughs> <Like> a... <laughs> number seven. Is it seven?
1: Mm-hmm. Six. Six.
2: What wood is known for its aromatic qualities and is often used in closets and chests to deter moths? cedar that is correct eastern red cedar what do you think that janka hardness is 400 900 on eastern red cedar oh. big big difference cross country there all right oh, very man. good mm-hmm. um i didn't even have to give them the multiple choice folks all right here here you we go not. which a question number seven which wood is popular choice for wood block printing known for its ability to hold detail and smooth surface is it a basswood, b oak, or c cherry?
0: I'm gonna go with basswood on that.
2: That is correct. And what do you think, Tijenka, is on basswood? On basswood, eight hundred. It is four ten. Very <laughs> solid. I think probably because it's easy to carve, right? Easy to yeah. carve. That's why they do the. That's why they do yeah. things out of it. Okay, very good. Oh, very uh, good. Question number eight. Ross, you will, you will get this one. What lightweight wood is favored for model building and lightweight craft projects?
1: I'm guessing That balsa. is
2: correct. And this is oh, the yeah. lowest one on the list today. What is the Janka for balsa?
1: 130. 100,
2: close enough. Very, very good.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, I remember working question? with balsa on some, uh, we made some RC planes growing up. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm Yeah. All that. And then also like the, uh, little skeleton like dinosaurs you make where you just punch them out and push them together. Yeah.
1: We actually had to in seventh grade, it was a bridge building project in science class and we all had to use balsa wood, uh, to make the structure of the bridge and they made everybody make the same bottom structure and you can make the top out of anything you wanted as far as design. And, um, we had to use like just razor blades to cut it in class. And uh, I realized that if you put three balsa wood straws together inside a regular straw and bend them, that was exponentially stronger. And uh, the bottom of mine ripped out because it was nowhere near as strong as huh. the top.
2: Interesting, Very mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. Question number nine. Uh, which wood is preferred for making the bodies of certain high quality electric guitars due to its tonal properties? Is it... Ooh, I know this. maple, swamp ash, or mahogany.
1: We've actually had this exact question before, yeah.
0: Which I, they're, they're in my defense, there is a lot of woods that are used with uh, guitars. This
2: is but... very true. We just said that the what of the it's, week is you said
0: maple and swamp ash,
2: yeah, and uh, and
0: mahogany, mahogany, mm-hmm. uh. Shoot. Okay, I'm going to go with Swamp Ash. That is correct. Swamp Ash.
1: What? Oh, no! Yes. no! No! The majority of guitar bodies are actually made out of mahogany. Okay.
2: Well, in this particular one, it is Swamp Ash. <laughs> okay, uh, Swamp oh. Ash. I thought
0: that was what um, whenever you don't have AC in the shop, what you get. Well, it says, it yeah. says certain <laughs> it's a, high quality,
2: right? So it's like weird. It's it, mostly because it's uh, light, right? It's lightweight. So... Uh, what yeah. do
1: you think it is on Swamp Bash? Oh,
2: 400. 590. Oh, just a bit more, just a bit more
1: So, the reason I said mahogany is because every Gibson guitar is actually made out of mahogany, even if it has like a maple top. Um, it, it is made out of mahogany. Most of the Fender guitars have a mahogany body. If not, it is alder. And then um, the only company I know that uses maple for a lot of their stuff is Ibanez, but they also use a little bit of uh, ash. But most people are using alder instead of ash, just because it's it's a lot cheaper to get and has similar tonal qualities. Interesting. So I'm surprised they said swamp yeah. ash. Yeah. I, and it
0: also says, swamp ash uh, is
2: that it said the difference is unmistakable when I play them. I do not think swamp ash is brighter. It's more even soundingly and significantly less muddy than mahogany. So interesting. Um, yeah. And that's by um, ultimate guitar.com. So, oh. you know, okay. it just says certain high quality. It doesn't say the majority. So yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, question number 10. Last question. It for is me. for, for the, to finish this out, you will definitely get this. What wood does Ross hate and is highly sought after for its pinkish red hue and commonly used in fine furniture? and Cherry. cherry, That is correct. And what is cherry? Black cherry, particularly. Uh, That was our 950. That was our 950. Mm. So, there you guys go. Not too hard. But yeah, I was very interested to see that
1: that was the name of the game. Not that's too right. hard. <laughs> uh
2: this, this episode uh. brought to you by Cialis. So <laughs> Western I was interested in that Western Red Cedar and, and Eastern Red Cedar were so like two
1: thirds harder.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah. I always just think of yeah. cedar as being very soft in general, but nine hundreds that's that's like what walnut is and
1: my guess is it has to do with the drastic difference in uh, moisture absolutely. content on the East coast versus uh, yeah, the West absolutely. coast. Cause where the Western red cedars grow is right along the Pacific ocean. So they grow fast and they have, and they grow fast yeah. and they grow like it's super soft soil. And so versus the drier, slightly drier climates on the East coast, I'm guessing yeah, that would be definitely. why. Definitely
2: a well, harder life. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so I mean, just from learning from that, so cedar is kind of similar to mahogany in the fact that it's like a kind of a broad term. Like, it is. Like mm-hmm. it, it, is. It, it could mean just about anything if you say just like cedar or mahogany. But there are
2: certain pines in Australia that are extremely hard. I guess 2000s. pine's another one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so hmm. uh, before we finish this week's trivia, I had a thought. Since we're going to Workbench Con, mm-hmm. I don't know if our listeners or guests like. Uh, The trivia I think that they do So what would you guys think about Maybe like one night gathering a little group of people together And I'll write up some trivia About social media Since that's what we'll be doing And they'll win a free Beat Around the Bench t-shirt
1: We can definitely figure something out Along those lines Or a
0: hat or whichever one they want What do you think Well, I think make the trivia still about wood
1: And just uh, Yeah test out the knowledge of the makers
2: uh, what
0: about I,
1: makers? I about other
2: makers, like who is so and so's first video about YouTube video or something like that?
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, we. Could. That could I work. don't want to make it yeah. too hard. I want to we'll, make we'll
0: it. We'll collab come. on it. Man.
2: Everybody I mean, will be drunk <laughs> too. So sorry, that's my s <laughs>
0: word for tonight.
1: <laughs> okay. But um, I'm totally down with the idea. I think it's a great idea, and I think it'd be some some really good, uh, just. Connection building. I'm yeah. here for it. Well, you
2: guys let me know what you think I should make it about, and I'll write it while we're flying.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, the question then falls to Colton. Colton, my friend, do you want to start imbibing well, a little in bit?
0: The, in the words of our favorite potbelly cable man, let's get her done. Woo!
1: <laughs> Showtime! <laughs> Woo! 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 The Whiskey of the Week. The Whiskey of the Week for last week was the Fuji Japanese Whiskey. And Colton, I know you and I have had conversations, but the the customers, or I should yeah, say the listeners, uh, were not privy to that no. conversation. So with that in mind, were you able to procure the Fuji Japanese Whiskey? And did so I only? had to do
0: the same thing that we did last time we got Japanese Whiskey, which is a weird thing I noticed, is that they go in seasons, right? And so was Hibiki the last one we had? So correct. Whenever we couldn't get Hibiki, I think we went with Toki. Right. And then so this week I got I do have Toki again. But so it's from the same Suntory distillery. But um I saw Hibiki while i was there, you know, and it, it they go and I, I think it's just like what they can get kind of thing, right? Especially with it being very yeah, obviously from Japan. But yeah. And so And fairly sought after yeah. as well. And so I was excited to try the Toki again, though. You know, just like we tried, um okay. Oh, Crown the other day, right? And mm-hmm. it, it was nice. So you challenged me with doing an apple, something with apple for the cocktail, right? And Correct. at first, I just had like a bottle of apple juice. I was like, I'm gonna figure something out. And, um, I looked up a handful of cocktails, but like with you going for, like, we were going with the apple because it's like a lighter whiskey, right? like uh, off the the tape uh, first taste. It's almost like, um, like an easygoing scotch really. And, but I like with the help of, um, my local liquor store owner, he actually pointed me towards an apple pie moonshine to mix it with, which is not very spring. We ended up making a lot more of a fall cocktail. So we did two cocktails with it. That's okay. Um, One, we did the apple pie moonshine just in place of simple syrup for a old fashioned and it was good, but it was really sweet. Right. Uh, But then we did like, I'm going to call it an apple Jack Boulevardier. Right. And so it has like the Campari. I just left the vermouth out honestly this time and um, did good parts of the moonshine and then the Toki whiskey and it made for a very delicious drink. It didn't make it the whole podcast. We're done. Already <laughs> done with it. But um, nice. But yeah, if I was going to put my own name to it instead of a Applejack Boulevardier, I, I'd call it more of like Samurai Goes to NASCAR, and a um, little bit of a little true. bit of Japanese whiskey, hey. a <laughs> little bit of moonshine, and it went really good. Like um, if I had any cinnamon, I would have like dusted it with cinnamon. But um, but yeah, so very much more of a fall drink instead of a spring drink, but but yeah, man, it it, it was neat. It was neat. It was good. Good tasting again, but awesome. Awesome.
1: Well, we started out early in our uh, discussion about the whiskey of the week, having you try out a few uh, blended scotches Mm. and you've come a long way of trying a variety of different things. And I want to take you back to one of the, in my opinion, most underrated blended scotches in the world. And that is the Ballantine's 17 year old. Now, Ballantine's is a brand that is massive over in Asia, uh, especially in Korea. But most of it is the Ballantine's Finest, which here is just seen as, in all honesty, uh, bottom shelf, you know, handle type whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Ballantine's 12 is decent, but the 17 year old, the age range on the whiskeys that are in there, range from 17 to about 45. And there are so many different uh, flavor profiles within this whiskey, and it typically costs somewhere in the $75 a bottle range, which is a little pricey. But for the value that you get with the whiskey that's inside, I'm curious to think or to hear what your thoughts are on the ballantine 17-year-old, because it does pull from whiskeys from all over Scotland, and that's a difference with a blended scotch versus most other blended whiskeys around the world. A blended scotch pulls whiskey from each of the major whiskey regions in Scotland, as well as some major grain whiskeys. So you do get essences from each part of Scotland. So there will be a little bit of a peated tone, but Ballantine's hails from up in the Speyside region. So it's going to have a ton of floral fruits and um, a lot of spring type fruits as well, with a little bit of an earthy kind of a musty tone coming from the highlands. So I'm really curious to hear what your thoughts are on it. I will tell you, you more than likely will have to order it, um, simply because, especially in Texas, it's not going to be everywhere. But your local retailer should be able to get it. So I would tell them, rather than waiting <laughs> until the day yeah. of the podcast, uh, at least put in the order for it, and they should be able to get it for you. Or take a look at like specs and some of the others around you. They may yeah. have some. Uh, I must say, I,
0: I do need to start doing that: is ordering ahead of time instead of trying to find it on a shelf. But yeah, so whenever you're saying underrated uh, blended scotches, I was hoping you're going to say Grants.
1: So Grants is also yeah. pretty solid, and I will say for the for the price point of like the thirty five dollars yes. a bottle. It's really and good. I've seen their but prices go up one, a bit, but yeah, it used to be like 20 yeah.
0: to 30 for a handle. And, um, that yeah. was actually what we made the, the original Concord dandy with was grants and, nice. um, but yeah, Valentine. So I, I have had the, um, not the 17 year, but like they're more base level and um uh, not I, yeah. I, I'm stoked to give this one a shot, man. Awesome. Yeah.
1: I'm glad to hear it. Okay. Uh, So for those of you that are listening, obviously, if you have any requests coming up as to whiskeys, you think we should be trying. Be sure to drop us a line either on any of our Instagrams or hit us up at beataroundthebench at gmail.com with your suggestions. So with that in mind, I think it is time to jump into some nuggets. But rather than just saying what's your nugget of the week, I'm more curious as to what you gentlemen would say is your nugget is the one thing you are most hoping to take away from WorkbenchCon. As far as, obviously, this is going to drop when we are at WorkbenchCon, so we can't tell people, you should be doing this. So the question is, based on what you learned last year, what is the one thing you are hoping to take away this year?
0: I'd like to take away a, a, a sponsor. At least a good conversation <laughs> that leads to a sponsor. For Beater yeah. on the Bench, baby. Yeah. That would be like, but honestly, on top of that, um, just, uh, digging my teeth deeper into this network, man, of, uh, of awesome makers. So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I have to go with that too. You know, last year I was very nervous. I'm not as outgoing as Colton, uh, or you. And I was very nervous. I had, I mean, my shop had just started like everything was just starting. I was wanting to get into social media, more and make videos and i didn't even know how to i didn't want to spin my wheels so uh i went there for advice and stuff and people some people were very you know outgoing and talked to me and all that stuff and and, uh, i'm i'm it's gonna be fun because i know you guys i know like dennis is coming and i know all the people we've had on the podcast and some other people too so um i'm excited Uh, to make some closer relationships with some people and stuff like that. I'm I'm interested to hear people's advice about, you know, like, especially people that are doing well and what it was that got them to that and maybe kind of pick their brain about what I can do. Mm, Yeah. You know, yeah, because there's only so much time in the day. I mean, I appreciate, I appreciate, you know, uh, all these guys that do nothing but social media and, um, don't build for customers and so on and so forth. Like they just do things at their house, but that's not who I am. I, I can't do that right now. And so, and I don't see that in any of the foreseeable future. So I, I, the hints and tips and tricks for, um, getting people to engage and what kind of content that we need to be putting out there is what my main focus is going to be. There
1: is actually a class I'm, I'm excited to tackle, uh, while we're there, but it's, um, it's called "You Can Do Both," and it's put on by John from Lincoln Street, uh, and he talks about being able to be a full-time content creator as well as having a full-time job, and how do you balance both of them? So that that may be one you want to for take
2: sure. a look at. Nice, for sure.
1: So, uh, for me, in all honesty, it's it's more building the community, and uh, to Colton's point, the the relationships, both with vendors as well as other creators and makers because i think there's an opportunity for collaborations down the road and just kind of being considered in in the right circles is really i don't want to say the click but like um having people think of you when when opportunities come up for sponsorships with companies or they're like oh my god you know we're going to be doing this this one build i think ross or jess or colton would be perfect for it we need to get them out here so just having the opportunity to have my phone ring for things like that yeah, would be there's, awesome.
2: There's a lot of people out there that aren't serious about it, you know? And yeah. um, so, and that kind of weeds them out. I mean, if you're at workbench con just to start.
1: Yeah. Uh, I will say uh, I, this afternoon, before I got home, I just shipped all the stuff down that is going to workbench con for old elk. And I made sure to put all of the beat around the bench, uh, stickers and such into there, so I know it's going to make it. So we should be good, good to go. Um, so I will have stickers. All of us will have stickers to hand out. Uh, I will also be signing breasts. So gentlemen, make sure you have your um, your man boobs em. ready. I will have a sharpie on me, and uh, I'll make I'll sure get to sign them. When I get back. And uh, yeah, I love yeah, that. Cool. It so man. yeah, uh, I'm uh, more than anything else. I'm excited to. Just catch up with people, and to Jess's point, I, I, I have zero nerves going into this year. Last year, it was like, okay, I don't have any idea what to expect. This year, I know what's going to happen. There's people I can walk up to everywhere and be like, oh, my God, so good to see you. So I'm excited to see where some of the people we met last year have gotten to. Uh, people that we thought were you know behind the scenes are really a lot more out front and vice versa. Uh, and there's just some friends that I want to check in on, see how they're doing. Uh, some of the people that we've met through this podcast have have had some serious roller coasters throughout the year. And I've been amazed at, as I said before, the close-knit community that makers are. The amount that people reach out to follow up on each other and to make sure everybody's doing well. And how is your your family's health and your mental health and your physical health? Like, how is everybody? That part is awesome. And it's really much more of a family. So. I'm excited to see yep. my family. Very so. good. Well, uh, is there anything else you boys want to cover off on? Cool. Cool. All right, with that in mind, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button wherever you are listening to this podcast. And thank you very much to each and every one of you for tuning in this week. We hope you enjoyed every second of this episode. If you didn't, please send all your complaints to our IRA-sympathizing legal representation at McShane, McBain, and Tommy Legal Boys, where their motto is, you may think you've kissed the Blarney Stone for luck, but we've pissed on it the night before to let you know who won this round. For Jess, Colton, and Ross, this has been the Beat Around the Bench podcast. And we will catch you all next time Woo! season DG2. two, baby. Oh, man.